I thought to, to, to do this kind of um, part of the service in a, in a two stages. We're going to do, we're going to read the scriptures together. We're going to have um, some explanation about some of the stuff that is said on those verses. We're going to bread, break bread, drink wine, and then we're going to, to respond. Um, and then we're going to move on to the other stage, and then with some time of um, uh, response there as well. Now, Hebrews is a very good book, but very difficult book as well. And trying to, to, to take texts or passages out of it, it doesn't do favor to the whole flavor that you get from the whole book. So we're trying to, to, to achieve that um, a little bit this morning, because... Until this point, the first nine chapters, the writer has been talking about who Jesus is. And he's comparing their old way of dealing with God with the new way now that Jesus is in the picture. Do you remember how they had to follow God in the Old Testament? Through obeying the law, through the sacrificial system. And they had to do this, um, follow this, all these things in order to be in, in good relationship with God. Until Jesus Christ comes in the picture. And he actually does away with the old system of the sacrifices. Because he, his sacrifice on the cross is sufficient. So Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 to 25. We're going to read verses 19 to 21. And then later on we're going to read 22 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart. But until this point, the... the, the the, the author has been talking about who Jesus is and what he has done. And it says, we can enter the most holy place. If we can remember, and let's pretend that this, this, this building is the temple, and this here is the most holy place. If we remember, if we read the Old Testament, the, the, the role of the high priests was to enter the most holy place once a year and commit, commit the sacrifice for in, actually, vicarious way for the whole people of Israel. And he was to enter this most holy place only once a year. And we know of stories of the Old Testament when people had messed around with this idea and they'd been killed on the spot. But, with Jesus, the writer of Hebrews says that now, the confidence that the high priest had not to be killed because he was doing it the right way, on the right manner, that confidence is extended to us. Through what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Because that confidence is extended to us and we can come now and enter the most holy place 
by the blood of Jesus. Once and for all. No more needs for sacrifices, but we can enter this holy place because it's a new and a living way. This is what Jesus brings. Now, if you look at the Greek there, there is this, this idea of something fresh, something new, something with, with life in it. And it says, a new and living way through the curtain. And we also remember that this, this, this holy place was, was divided by this thick curtain. And when Jesus was crucified, that curtain torn from up down. Just to give the, 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 the strong message that actually there is no more necessity for us to approach God through this sacrificial system. Because what Jesus has done for us is sufficient. And this is what makes us then brothers and sisters. Because we are being fulfilling, we are fulfilling the new covenant that he promised That's why when we come to the Lord's Supper, that's why when we come and we break the bread, we remember his death and resurrection, and also we look forward to his return. Because we've got this confidence to say that, actually, we know that our lives are messy. We know that we are sinful. We know that we we rebel. We know that we don't live always for God. But thank you, Jesus. That now we don't need this priest to mediate for us. Thank you that we have got you. And one way that we remember that is the way that Jesus commanded his disciples and left the legacy for the next generations. One way that we remember that is when we want to embrace this new and living way. And we remember it by two symbols, which they were very normal, usual symbols of their day-to-day lives. The bread and the wine. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus, I remember when we did the Passover meal, that there were um, layers of breads. And I, I, I said to the church that this was towards the end of the meal. And then towards the end of the Jewish meal, you take the the last piece piece of matzah. I've taken some matzah. This is still left over from April. He took the last piece of matzah and said... Take this, eat this in remembrance of me. So, in in other words, Jesus is saying that you've been waiting for the prophets. You've been waiting for so long, but the last piece, this piece of bread that you remember, the, 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 the coming of the prophets and the Messiah, is fulfilled in me. Do this. 
until I return. And in the same manner, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Drink this in remembrance of me. Do you see the power and the significance that comes in those words of Jesus? That every time we break bread together and drink from the wine, we remember about this confidence that we have. That we don't deserve to enter the most holy place, but because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we can come and say, thank you God. So there is an invitation for you this morning. And the invitation is that you come and take part. We spoke about peace in the beginning of the service. And I don't know where you are, but remember that God is much bigger than the situation that you're in. God is willing and is inviting each and every one of us to draw near to him. And yet, we understand that we draw the most holy place with confidence and we're recognizing what Jesus has done for us. So, before we take the communion today, I just want to give one or two minutes of space for us to be thinking of our lives, the invitation that Jesus is reaching out to us and saying, Lord, yes, we want, we want to come to that place that is the most holy place because of what Jesus has done. So we're going to have that time of reflection and space now. Father God, thank you 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you that through his sacrifice, his finished work on the cross, we have this confidence to come to you in prayer, in worship, and in in all areas of our life, Lord. But we recognize, Lord Jesus, that say we, we need your peace. And we are aware, Jesus, that there is a lot of things that are going on in our lives, in our families, in the cities, in the world, that distract us or are not being helpful for us to look into you. But down deep within us, Lord, we want to draw near. We want to have that confidence. And thank you that remembering your death and resurrection through this broken bread and this sip of fruit juice help us, Lord helps us to remember what you have done until you return. We don't want to take this for granted. We acknowledge that we are on holy ground. And by taking this, Lord, we want to do business with you. So come, Holy Spirit. Come and purify us. As we acknowledge and proclaim the sacrifice of Jesus and his resurrection over our lives. We are sorry, Father God, for the things and for the decisions where we have messed up. And we are grateful that we can come to you and deal with those. And my prayer, Lord Jesus, is today that we will be able to receive your forgiveness and acknowledge it in a way that is going to free us up to keep coming back to you in confidence in our worship and prayer. Lord, hear our prayer, we say. Amen. The invitation for us today through this passage is to come off the fence, really. I looked up the, the, the idiom, um, sit on the fence, what it comes, where the origin and what it comes from and stuff. And it's very interesting because the, the idea of fences shows ownership. And when you're sitting on the fence, you're not sure to whom you've got allegiance with. And we talked about confidence earlier on. And because we've got this confidence, we're invited 
to get off the fence and embrace that big, big arms of our loving Father who is not finished with us, who is very patient and still is committed to do business with us. So the invitation is there. The exhortation is there. And how, how does this work in this day and age? Is it because of the decisions that we have to make? Is it because of stress? Is it because of the lies of the enemy that we face? What is it that stops us to be on... Well, what is it that keeps us to be on the fence? And what is it that stops us to come off the fence? Let's rem- remind ourselves with the rest of the passage. And then we'll explore a few other ideas together. So carry on in verse 22. But um, I'll begin with verse 21. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, the new heart that comes from the uh, new covenant, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give, give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's very very intense passage, but it's, it's, it's great that we could draw some things out of it. So we've talked about this confidence, we've talked about this idea that Jesus is inviting us to come off the fence, and we're saying, yeah, we're going to come off the fence, we're going to do it. But then, there is an element there that it says, but once you've got this confidence to approach God. Once you've got this confidence to to, to come near to him, this outworking of the confidence that we've got because we've experienced God is through the way that we spur on and encourage one another. So the themes of today's preaching or sermon is draw near and reach out. Draw near to God and reach out. Because this is what God's word is encouraging and exhorting us to do today. Let us draw near to God. It's a whole, it's one big, huge sentence in, in Greek. Let us draw near to God. Let us consider how we may spur on. Let us not give up meeting together. There are three let us there. And this is all because we have experienced this love of God. And the outworking of our experience of the love of God is by the way that we share it with one another. So yes, we come off the fence because we want to encounter Jesus, but yes, we want to move on with one another as well. So there is some elements there that we could do, and I want to be a little bit practical, because I don't want to be like that man with a picture of the Jerusalem temple in the background. 
I want for us to be practical. So it says here, let us draw near to God, but then let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. What is this hope? What is this hope that we profess in this hopeless generation? You look around, the reason why I put those four pictures in the beginning was also, you look around the world and you're saying, but is there hope? Can we talk about hope in a realistic way or is it idealistic? And what is the the scope of the hope of the people who have actually encountered this new covenant? Actually, they've been living the old ways and now the writer is wanting to write to them because they say, well, actually, being part of the law was much easier than just coming off the fence. Because now you face God face to face on your own. He's reaching out to you and you're saying, God, yes, I want to do business with you. But it talks about a hope here. And that hope is nonetheless other than the hope that we built on our, Je- on our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. That is the hope that we say that actually a bit like Peter, we have nowhere else to go. The world around us is falling apart. We are in a mess. We're in trouble. Jesus, you are the hope of the nations. How much more do we need to proclaim that? How much more do we need to believe that as God's people? I think we need to do that more than we sing it. Hold fast on the hope that God has given us. And then it says... Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. How do we do that? Let's be practical. This week, shall we say that we're going to text, or we're going to make a phone call, or we're going to send an email of encouragement to someone out of the blue. Maybe it doesn't have to be part of the people in the congregation, but somebody that probably has been in your mind or has been in your prayers and you have not, you know, you know how it is in those situations that you know of people that they come to your mind all the time but you never get around in writing them a text or, or giving them a phone call. I'd really like for us to be thinking about this and be practical this week. To say, what is it that I can be an encouragement and spur somebody on towards love and good deeds? But perhaps there is somebody in in this congregation you've been thinking and praying for and probably they don't know. Bring it on. Maybe there is something that you want to say publicly to all of us. And you want to encourage us all. Maybe you've got a word, maybe you've got a picture, maybe you've got a song and you say, no, This is what I want to bring. Please, please, don't sit on the fence. And the other thing that is talking here is about, let's talk about habits. And 
I don't want for us to look at this in a negative way. Because it says here, um, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But what is the good habits that we want to endorse? So, again, we don't want to look at people and judge who's coming, who's not coming, but what are some of the good habits that we want to endorse? That's why I said to you earlier on, thank you for making a choice that you were part of our gathering this morning. Can we not do that and extend that to one another? Just to encourage one another. But also, I think there is an element there that we're not exempt from, and that's negligence. And how do we work and how do we journey with one another in this area? Let us spur one another. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And all the more you see the day approaching. And the last slide is encouragement. What are some of the things that we're going to be looking this week that we want to encourage? I said about some practical stuff. I said about some things that we might do. But also I just want to say that if we try and do this, let's try and do them with God in the picture. Cover them in prayer and expect for God to show up in that particular situation or in this corporate situation. I don't, I don't mind. But I really, as we, as we look at this Simply Together um, series, I really want for us to be thinking about practical ways that we could uh, minister to one another. We've spoken about spiritual gifts last Sunday. For those of you who have not got that questionnaire and you want a copy, please come and see me, I'll give you a copy. But the reason why we're doing this is because we want to encourage one another. We're talking today about encouragement, about um, not sitting on the fence, about acknowledging who we are before God. And again, this is for a reason. This is because we want to see God at work in our midst. Um, I'm going to stop here. And I just want for us to pause for a moment to think about that particular situation that I encourage you to do. And if you think that there is something that God has given you for this church and you are prompted to say today, we'll give that space now. If you think that you want to go away and think a little bit more and come next Sunday, we'll allow this space. But if there is an opportunity for us to be thinking of spurring somebody on, on acts of love and good deeds, I want for us to have that opportunity now so we don't leave this place without thinking about it and praying about it. And then I'll bring it um, in close in prayer and then we're going to have our final song together so here we come Lord as your people who have met with you today here we come Lord as people of confidence to come to you without the need of a mediator 
because we've got the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you for the hope that Jesus brings into our lives. Help us, Lord, not to lose sight of that. Thank you for the encouragement that Jesus brings into our, into our lives. And help us, Lord, Lord, to be radiant and radioactive about that. So we pass that on. So we commit ourselves to you this week. Commit ourselves to that situation or to that person that you've brought into our minds. And we pray, Jesus, that you're going to give us the courage, the right words, anything, Lord, that we need in order to come to that place of spurring on to love and good deeds. Because that's what your word encourages us to do so. And help us, Lord, to encourage one another. And as your word reminds us, as we see the return of the Lord, the day of the return of the Lord approaching, help us, Lord, in our vigilance. And as we come off the fence, Lord, we pray that you're going to grant us all we need, Lord, to be confident. Thank you that we, people like us, in the 21st century, can still come to the most holy place only because of what Jesus has done for us. And we don't want to take that for granted, Lord. Thank you for your work in our midst. And we want more of you, Lord. Do it, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.